0: good morning my name is Jay Jackson I'm the staff team lead Uh, Justin found out on Thursday that he has COVID but uh, praise the Lord it's not a severe case Uh, he's home recovering Uh, this morning said he said he's doing good uh, but he still hasn't uh, gotten his taste back yet so be in prayer for uh, Justin and his family as they quarantine and recover this week If you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Uh, We're going to look at the scriptures this morning. Uh, And before we do, I'd like to just uh, share a brief announcement from the elders. Uh, And by the way, praise God, we're up to $55,000 in giving towards the new facility. And so plans are uh, in place to close by the end of this month. Uh, We'll take the month of January to get the facility prepped, clean things up, set things up, move our things over there. Um, So if you'd like to help with that, uh, we'll be announcing ways you can get involved. We're gonna have a a work day uh, each Saturday, a morning shift and an afternoon shift. Uh, So there's a a lot of ways you can get involved there as well. And we'd encourage you to keep giving. Um, It'd be amazing if we could walk into the building debt free um, so we're, we're just trusting God to continue to provide. Um, so if you have questions, uh, please uh, let me know or one of the elders know. But um, <clears throat> as we approach the new year, this is kind of something that we want to do that's new. As a new church, we want to reaffirm our elders. Um, and so we want to do that uh, as we begin this new year. But uh, we've always... Uh, Mentioned that that Jesus is our senior pastor and our our elders serve as under shepherds under pastors That serve the body for the Lord Jesus Christ And uh, I just want to read this statement from the elders Uh, new community is an elder led church In accordance with the Bible's directions for church leadership in order to serve in this role The elders meet a long list of qualifications and adhere to certain guidelines one such guideline is that the elders are annually reassessed, new elders as well as continuing elders are brought before the members of new community church and members have 30 days to present any biblical disqualifications of an elder that may exclude them from serving. And if you if you want more information about how the elders are chosen, what the qualifications are and so forth, that's all posted on our website and you can uh, find out more about that along with what it means to be a member, uh, but here are the basic steps. I'm not gonna read them in, in detail, but the first step is if there is a grievance, uh, go to that elder uh, in private, in love, and seek biblical resolution. According to Matthew 18, step two, if uh, there, that doesn't resolve the issue, uh, then go to that person with two or three witnesses in accordance to 1 Timothy 5:19. And if it's still unresolved, uh, take that uh, issue to the chairman or co-chairman uh, to, to resolve that according to Matthew 18 and 1 Timothy 5. And of course, this is something that we should uh, be doing to maintain unity at all times, not just during this assessment period. So at this time, uh, our new elders, um, or actually not our new elders, but we're, uh, we're not adding any elders. But... We are reaffirming Clem Boyd, Kevin Craig, myself, Justin Morris, um, and then these elders, barring any disqualifications, will begin serving on January 10th. Uh, Additionally, Jay Benicki will be rotating off the elder team. Uh, He served faithfully faithfully for eight years uh, for new community and then when we were APEX, and no doubt he's been uh, a tremendous blessing to this body and to the elder team and God has used him in a tremendous way at new community. And so we're, we're very grateful to Jay, thank you. I know he's working, he worked last night so he wasn't able to be here, but please uh, express your gratitude to him. Um, and also he, he pretty much led the project uh, in the acquiring of this new facility. So and he did a tremendous job in serving in that capacity so, uh, if you'll stand with me as we read Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. But Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, o you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Father, you truly are the Son of God. Lord, you have revealed yourself to us in so many ways, and today we want to grow deeper in our understanding of who you are. Uh, Lord, we want to grow in our faith, and so we ask that as a result of our time together, Lord, that we will have a greater understanding, a greater faith uh, in you, Lord, that uh, we might be a people of obedience, a people who follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, Lord, be with us, be our teacher. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The unusual year of COVID-19 has uh, led to many new practices for all of us. But not all those practices have been bad. I know for Judy and I, it's kind of uh, encouraged us to get outside, enjoy nature, to go on some hikes, to visit some uh, state parks, some national parks. We had an opportunity uh, this year to go to Utah and visit some of the national parks. Uh, One of the national parks was Zion National Park. And we went on this hike uh, up Angels Landing that takes you up to the west rim, uh, and you can look down uh, into the valley in, in, in where the Virgin River is running. And uh, the description of this this hike is a it's a 1,500 feet elevation climb. Uh, it's described as very strenuous, with steep cliffs, steep drop-offs, and uh, it's not for anybody that's afraid of heights. So. <laughs> Judy, Judy's not, she's kind of afraid of heights, but uh, she took on the challenge w- with me. It's, it's a four hour hike from top to bottom. And uh, we started to make our way up uh, the trail uh, and we got to this point where it started to narrow and you know, it's getting higher and higher and higher. It's hot and we're exhausted and we decided Okay, this is enough is enough And we turned around and went back down Nevertheless, it was still One of the most amazing experiences It was a frightful one A terrifying one, a challenging one But at the same time It was very Exciting uh, It was amazing It was beautiful It was a, an experience I'll never forget And the Christian life Is so much like that It's It can be terrifying. It can be challenging. But at the same time, it's simply amazing. And it's simply beautiful. There are many such walks in scripture that are simply unforgettable. And I wanna invite you today on one of those walks, one that will include both fear and challenge, but also it's full of reward and beauty. Uh, I think of some of the walks in the Bible, the hard walk that Abraham took when God called him to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar, or the walk that the people of Israel took as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and I think of when Joshua and the Israelites walked around the city of Jericho and the walls fell. I think of the two disciples on the way to to Emmaus when they met. Uh, the resurrected Christ. I think of that time when uh, Paul saw the blinding light and Jesus revealed to himself, uh, to him on the way to Damascus. I think of Christ's uh, triumphal walk that he made from the Praetorium to Golgotha, the Via Dolorosa, Rosa, the way of sorrows. But perhaps the most unforgettable walk in the Bible is the walk that Peter made, the walk on water. And Peter's walk stands as an invitation to us to step out in faith, to experience more of the presence and power of God. And so I invite you to go on this walk, on the water walk, to learn the skills essential to water walking. And the first one is that water walkers recognize God's presence the disciples had been following Jesus they had seen him turn water into wine and uh, heal people and just before this this uh, journey across the lake they had seen him feed 5,000 men plus women and children with just five loaves and two fish but one of the gospels tells us gospel in, uh, of Mark tells us that their hearts were hardened but Jesus was about to do some some meat tenderizing he was about to get their their attention he wanted them to learn who he was that he truly was the son of god that he truly was the messiah and so he after he fed the 5000 he dismissed the crowd and he tells the disciples to cross the sea of galilee and it was evening at this time. Jesus goes up to a mountain to pray and to be by himself, and the, uh, one of the other gospels tell us that the disciples had been rowing for three or four hours. The Sea of Galilee at its widest point is about eight miles wide, and so that put them smack dab in the middle of this sea On the four, at the fourth watch of the night, which is between three and six a.m., so it's pitch black they're rowing, they're exhausted, they're halfway through, and then a storm comes. Um, if you think of a severe thunderstorm, uh, the average speed, wind speed of a severe wind storm is 31 miles per hour. So these winds are whipping, um, and the, Matthew tells us uh, that the wind was beating against, uh, the boat was beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And another gospel even says that Jesus saw them from this mountain struggling. So you try to envision for with me these 12 burly guys, even though many of them were seasoned sailors. They're in the middle of this severe storm. It's pitch black. The wind's blowing. They still have probably another four miles to go. And they're exhausted. They're probably hunker down as low as they can to keep this thing from capsizing and then all of a sudden on top of all this they see this figure this shadow walking across the lake and they realize it's a man but it can't be a man it's got to be a ghost and they cry out in terror and the scriptures tell us something really unusual uh that Jesus intended to pass them by. In Mark's version, it says he meant to pass them by on the water. What is this all about? Was Jesus trying to play some mean joke on the disciples? Hey, guys, look at me. Look what I can do. You want to race? No, that's that's not what Jesus was trying to do. Actually, if you look at this verb uh, literally it means to pass alongside, it's also used in the Greek Septuagint, uh, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, when it refers to a theophany. A theophany is a a divine revelation of God, where God is trying to communicate his divine presence and power to an individual or group, and he's calling them to a special task. And so we have here this, this come-alongside moment where Jesus is really wanting to reveal to them who he is. Um, in, in the Old Testament, it was, it was referred to uh, when Moses saw the glory of God, he was placed in a cleft, and God passed by, and Moses was able to see a part of God's glory. Or when Je- Elijah was told, To stand on the mountain for the Lord was to pass by and there's a pattern in these stories in each case God is going to get people's attention and whether it was through the burning bush or a fire and wind God wanted them to know who he was and he was calling them to something extraordinary and in each case they were terrified but nevertheless they answered God's call, and in doing so, they experienced God's power and presence. So Jesus deliberately came parallel to the boat to see if they would recognize him and his supernatural powers. He was revealing his divine presence and power. But they didn't fully grasp it yet. They didn't realize that God was visiting them in the water walking flesh, in that moment the disciples, they didn't. Re- they thought Jesus was absent. They thought Jesus was incognito, that he was just he had abandoned them to this horrible situation, and it just reminded me, really literally, of this whole year. Um, I'm sure uh, you have felt like me at times. It's like, what in the world is going on? where is god in the midst of all this stuff you know we've got rioting we've got collapsing economy a worldwide pandemic we've got this crazy political year uh, you know just there just seems to be no sense of right and wrong and then just how everybody's having to deal with this in their own personal lives just continual isolation and you know should we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? You know, what, what, how, how, do we, how do we live? How do we survive? You know, are our kids going to be in school? How am I going to care for my kids? How am I going The list goes on and on and on. And it feels like we've been going through this storm, just one wave after wave, the wind blowing. And it's just been a continual storm. And, and we've had to ask, where is God in the midst of all this what is he doing and these voices are trying to get our attention the darkness the wind the water rages all around us and they're saying you know thousands are dying of COVID am I next the economy is collapsing am I going to lose my job schools are closing how do I care for my kids We're a country without any moral bearings. Will I lose my religious freedoms? It's not safe to congregate with people. How will I weather this alone? So what are you listening to and who will you obey? Perhaps these voices have been so loud that you've missed the still small voice of the Lord saying, don't be afraid, it is I, I'm here. Perhaps the only time you're listening is when you step inside this room to hear a pastor give a talk. Sometimes I think it's it's almost like people have this one hour opportunity to hear the pastor talk about his intimate relationship with the Lord, his time of communion with the Lord and in the word throughout the week. What would our relationships be like, you know? Imagine your relationship with your spouse—if all you did was once a week, you congregated in, in a gymnasium, and you heard somebody talk about your wife and the, the, the communication you had with you, they had with your wife and um, what their desires and their wishes and uh, their heart for you and their love for you—and that's all you—that was the extent of your relationship. And I think that. That is the extent of so many Christians' relationship. But we need more than that. We need to be in his presence. We need to be able to acknowledge his presence, be in his word, be listening to his voice. We need those daily moments. Uh, no, not even just daily, but moment by way, uh, by moment, two-way communication with the Lord. Peter was listening, and he heard Jesus' words of reassurance, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he heard Jesus' simple command, come. Now it was time for him to act, to respond. Peter realized that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Peter wanted to be, didn't want to be just a hearer of the word. He wanted to be a, a doer as well. So water walkers get out of the boat. They act on their faith. They listen and obey. So Peter gets on the side of the boat, you know, and the others are probably watching. <laughs> okay, here goes, crazy Peter. What's he going to do now? You know, I can just imagine Peter putting one leg over, another leg over, and then he does this really religious thing. He steps out in faith, And just there in that moment, there's nothing but Peter and Jesus. And for the first time in human history, a man is walking on water. And they're looking at each other eye to eye, like master, like student. Then all of a sudden, the scripture says Peter saw the wind. Peter's focus was changed from the the Savior to the storm and he lost sight of Jesus number three water walkers accept fear and failure as part of growing in faith it's hard to you know just to to really uh, be hard on Peter yes Peter failed he did begin to sink But look at the other 11 guys sitting in the boat. Who was the biggest failure? Peter had an opportunity to really learn firsthand who Jesus was and what he could do. And really, the Christian life, in the Christian life, you're you're going to face fear time after time. You think about the disciples. Jesus sent them out into the lake and there's a storm they're afraid Jesus comes walking across the water they see a ghost they're afraid Peter gets out of the boat steps on the water starts to sink he's afraid when we exercise our faith fear will come uh, John sixteen thirty three says these things I have spoken unto you that in me You might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. There is going to be trials in this life. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Christ, even though we're in the midst of a tribulation, we will have peace because Jesus has overcome the world. So, the deep truth about water walking is that fear will never go away. Fear and growth go to get, fear and growth go together like macaroni and cheese, they're a package deal. This means that to be a follower of Jesus, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. We're really into comfort, right? Uh, you think about the the, be, the the name of the best-selling chair in America, Lazy Boy. Not risky boy, not worky, but worker boy, but lazy boy. And you think about the language that we come up with. We wanna veg out and we're, we wanna sit in front of the TV and just be couch potatoes. Think of the guys in the boat. We could refer to them as boat potatoes. But isn't that like so many American Christians we're nothing but pew potatoes. We want the, the, the good things that come with our faith, uh, you know, the easy things that come with our faith, but not, we're not willing to accept the challenge, the trials, the hardship, the, the costs that come with stepping out on the water and trusting God. Jesus is still looking for people to say, I may be small potatoes, Lord, but this spud's for you. So each time you get out of the boat and face your fear and faith, your faith will grow. Your desire to, be God, to obey God becomes greater uh, each time you face your fear. Eventually that, that physical fear will be replaced by your faith and by your reverential fear, your fear of God and God will give you peace in the midst of the storm. So Peter did fail, uh, but I think the other 11 guys in the boat were the bigger failure. And it was only Peter who knew two other things. Only Peter knew the glory of walking on the water, the glory of experiencing the supernatural, the power of God. And only Peter knew the glory of being lifted up by Jesus. In a moment of desperate need to really know that Jesus was there for him when he needed him to know that Jesus cared to know that Jesus would rescue him so water walkers see failure as an opportunity to grow and as soon as Peter asks for help Jesus is there Jesus picks him up pulls him up out of the water and what does he say to him Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus not only helped him physically, but he also helped him spiritually. He pinpointed the problem, uh, the problem in Peter's heart, that his faith needed strengthening. And it became an opportunity, that failure became an opportunity for Peter to grow in his faith. Uh, I read an interesting psalm this week, uh, Psalm 66, and it really extols... God's awesome deeds and not all the deeds that you would normally think of he goes and lists all these deeds that God placed upon the Israelites and they, they were deeds of testing let me read the psalm <clears throat> bless our Lord O peoples let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip for you, O oh God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. You, Yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. So God used testing. He used trying. He netted them in. He allowed the enemy to burden them to crush them to drench them in fire and water but he used it to bring them to a place of abundance and this is what God is doing when he passes by and he calls us uh, and, and, and he tests our faith James 1 tells us that the testing of our faith is a good thing that we should consider it we should count it all joy Why? Because in the end, it's going to produce maturity. It's going to uh, perfect us and complete us so that we're lacking in nothing. So Jesus is looking for people who will get out of the boat. Why should we get out, out of the boat? Why should we risk it? Well, I think the most important reason is that's where Jesus is. He's out there on the Number four, water walkers will have a deeper connection with Christ. The water may be dark, wet, and dangerous, but Jesus is not in the boat. He's out there on the water. And Matthew keeps referring to this reality. Peter's request is, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you And then Peter goes out of the boat and came towards Jesus. Because Peter did this, not only did he personally experience the power and presence of Christ, but also the other disciples had a living illustration of how to walk by faith. And finally, in verse 33, it says they finally got it. They responded by saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. They finally realized who this Jesus was. And so, that's the challenge for us this morning. Do we really realize who Jesus is? Do we realize that God is present with us? Are we listening and obeying his voice? Are we willing to face trials failure in order to grow in our faith it's all worth it because in the end we will have a deeper closer relationship with Christ two things will happen the first is that when you fail and sometimes you will fail but Jesus will pick you up and the other thing is that every once in a while you'll walk on water isn't that great but will you get out of the boat Will you trust him? Will you believe in him? Father, uh, we thank you for this amazing story that reminds us of your love, your faithfulness, reminds us that you haven't left us. You are here in the midst of this storm. Father, uh, and you want us to grow our faith. You want us to trust you more so that we can experience more of your glory so that we can be a vessel um, a vessel that's worthy of your calling. And so this morning as we continue to worship you, Lord, I pray that we would identify those areas that uh, were hanging on for dear life. <clears throat> those things that are our boat, those things that we're afraid to let go of uh, for, Lord I pray that we might just trust you and abandon them confess them to you and worship you this morning as we continue in an attitude of prayer and worship let's take our communion elements and let's allow them to remind us that Jesus is here with us let them remind us what he has given us that he has given us his life, that he died on the cross for us that he conquered the grave that he lives, that he's coming again that he's victorious and we have been united with him in Christ let's worship him this morning, let's take the bread and the juice as you reflect upon these things and give him thanks.